Hi, Patrick Madrid here. Thanks for listening. Check out Charity Mobile and prayerfully consider making them your wireless carrier. Mention offer code PATRICK and get a free phone. Go to CharityMobile.com. Compelling insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Hello and good morning. This is Patrick Madrid reporting for duty. Thank you for listening to the Patrick Madrid Show. The number to call if you'd like to be on the air, 87, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Pledge Drive. Pledge Drive is over, man. This is where it's at. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. See how those grooves get worn deep into your brain? Those phone numbers that you memorize. Does anybody even memorize phone numbers anymore? I have to because I do the show, but I don't memorize anybody's phone numbers. I know my wife's phone number by heart and mine, and that's it. Back in the day, back in the, gosh, when I was in high school, I'm sure if you're old enough, you remember these days when you had to memorize phone numbers, or at least you had them written down somewhere, but they're all on my phone now, so I don't bother to to uh, memorize them. But I have these ones memorized, the two for relevant radio. Here's the one that you want, 888-914-9149. And email, of course, patrick at relevantradio.com. Straight to the phones. Let's go to Ruben now in Albuquerque. Ruben, they tell me you're eight years old. Is that right? Yes. Well, welcome aboard. You're the first one this morning. Welcome. Hey, I have a question for you. Okay. How do I control my emotions? How do you control your emotions? Boy, that's a question that just about everybody wonders about from time to time, including me (laughs) and Father Rocky and Drew Mariani and your parents. And everybody has to worry about controlling their emotions sometimes because emotions can be strong, right? Sometimes they can be really strong. So give me an example in your own life. What would be an example of an emotion that you have trouble controlling? Okay, so I found out something that my mom's pregnant, and, like, she, like, I never knowed, and, like, I, like, I never, I like being the only child. Mm. So you're eight, and mom has a baby on the way, which means that you're, not just the oldest child, you're no longer the only child. You have to have a little brother or sister, right? Yeah. So what is the emotion that you're feeling? Are you feeling sad or angry, or how do you feel about that? Both. Mm-hmm. And how does it make you feel when you feel that way? Do you feel like you should feel that way, or do you think you shouldn't feel that way? I shouldn't. Yeah. I think you're right. I was the oldest of all my brothers and sisters, still am. And um, I remember, I I don't think I ever felt mad about it, but I do remember thinking, wow, I have to share, I have to share my parents, I have to share my toys. Uh, So sharing's a big part of it. Is that something you struggle with, is the idea of having to share things with your new brother or sister? Well, I don't really play with toys. I just play, like, my iPad and watch TV, you know? Mm. Okay. Well, here's what I would say to that. I think that you're normal, first of all. 
you're like most everybody and you experience these emotions and they're like the weather, keep in mind. Emotions are not something that you can control most of the time. They just happen. Like when yeah. it starts raining or it gets windy or maybe yeah. it gets really hot one day and you wish it weren't hot, but it is hot, things like that. So that's the first thing to know is that your emotions very often are things you can't really control. But what you can control is how you respond to them. So in this case, if you're wondering how can you control your own reaction to your emotions would be, think about the opposite. So if you're feeling angry or sad, maybe start thinking about how wonderful it is that God wants another person to come into your family because God creates people out of love. And he loves this new person who's in your mom's tummy right now. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, right? Yeah. Okay. So maybe to, as a way to, to control the way you respond to anger is to think about how good it is that God is blessing your family with another person. Just like it was good when God blessed your mom and dad with you. That was a good thing, wasn't it? But here's the thing. Yeah. My mom and dad broke up like years ago, mm-hmm. and now I have a stepdad. Okay. That kind of makes things a little more complicated, huh? Yeah. But How the do you good f- thing is, mm-hmm. is he's a police officer. Is he a good stepdad? He takes good care of you? Yeah. That's good. He's good to your mom, takes care of her? Yeah. Yeah, I know it's sad when parents get divorced. That's probably part of it, isn't it, Ruben? Do you feel sad that your mom and dad, your 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 dad, dad, not your stepdad? Yeah, that makes you sad too, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I can totally understand that. It didn't happen to me, but I can imagine what it would be like for you. So here's here's what I'm thinking. When you feel these emotions of sadness or anger, try to concentrate on the positive part of it. So like the positive that God is blessing your family. may not be the situation that you wish it was, but in this situation, God loves you and your mom and your stepdad so much that he wants to bless you with another baby. So think about that. Think about how fun it's going to be to be able to teach your little brother or sister things like, you know, how to talk and how to walk and, you know, all the things that bigger brothers and sisters can teach their younger brothers and sisters. You'll be able to do that. That'll be fun. And, you know, what else is interesting is that you're eight years older. Maybe you'll be nine by the time this baby arrives and you won't have the kind of toys that baby's going to want to play with. (laughs) So you won't have to share your toys because you'll be so much older. That's a plus. That baby won't, won't you won't I'll be nine? Be You'll still be eight. Yeah, okay. because I'm born in September. Mm-hmm. When is the baby due? July. Okay, and- yeah, so you won't be nine yet. That's true. But even still, you'll be eight years older, and a little one-year-old boy or girl doesn't want to play with the same kind of toys you play with. So that's what I mean. You You won't have to share your toys. As because long as he doesn't hit my dog tons. Say that. Say what? If 
he or she does not hit the dog tons. You know how they sometimes grab the ears and that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that happen too, but usually dogs have a way of getting away from that if that's a problem. I think it's going to be okay, Ruben. I really do. I think if you, when you feel, how about this? When you feel those feelings, make yourself smile. Smile and say something nice. And maybe okay. when you feel those feelings, you can you can get rid of them by saying, hey, mom, is there something I can do to help you? And she may say, oh, yeah, sure. Go pick up those toys in that room over there or go do this or go do that. You can, you can, change your your attention away from the negative feeling to doing something positive like helping your mom around the house and smile yeah. you know what i mean do you like to smile sometimes yeah yeah i bet you're good at it and i bet you you get even better at smiling if you just take those negative emotions and say i'm not going to get negative i'm going to smile and i'm going to do something positive and i bet you the emotions will go away quickly you want to try that? Yeah. Okay. Here's another thing. One more thing, if you don't mind. Whenever you feel those emotions about the baby brother or sister who's coming in, maybe you can say a little prayer in your heart. Mm -hmm. You can say it out loud if you want to. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for this blessing. Thank you, Jesus, for this blessing. Okay. And he'll understand what you mean. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I really do. I think you're going to be happy, and you're going to have a lot of fun with this new baby brother or sister. Okay. You feel better now? Do you feel better now than you did when you called in? Yeah. I'm glad. Okay, good. Did we cover it pretty well? Yeah. All right. Anything else? Okay. I'm glad you called today, Ruben. God bless you. Say hi to your mom for me. That's great. 888-914-9149. By the way, that advice works for anybody of any age. May I say to you? <laughs> I know from experience. Uh, let's see, let's see. Let's, uh, go, let's go to Jack now in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Another New Mexico call. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus, and it is our custom to present the priest of our church a chalice when a fourth-degree member of the Knights passes away. We have the chalice engraved with the deceased name on the chalice, but our priest does not want the name on the chalice or patent. I know this is done in councils almost everywhere. I was just wondering what your feelings or how you think this should be done? Interesting question, Jack. Uh, did the priest say why he doesn't want this? Uh, yes, and he, it's a strong argument, uh, or I mean, strong statement uh, that this uh, the chalice and the patent is uh, to uh, represent the blood of Christ and not uh, a, a particular individual. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I don't know if that's a very strong argument, though, because many churches will have stained glass windows or the organ or some, some feature in the church with a little, you've seen them before, a little plaque, you know. Right. 
please pray for the for the Jones family or something like that. They make a special donation, so it's a commemorative commemoration rather. So it's not unusual to do that. Um, the other thing, as I understand it, is that to have the name of a deceased person engraved on a chalice, for example, is as a reminder so that the priest would pray for the repose of the soul of that person when he celebrates Mass. And that's a good thing, of course. So I guess I have two ideas in mind, Jack. One would be if you can check with the engraving company, the jeweler company, whoever did the engraving, and say, is it possible to remove that? I don't know if it is or not. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, the other thing would be to say, all right, Father, we understand. We're, we're sorry that it you know, didn't work out. And then just don't give him the chalice. If it's already been engraved and you've spent the money and you can't get it unengraved, I don't know what else you could do. I mean, if he doesn't want it, it's unfortunate. But you could say, well, I'm sorry it didn't work out. And then just maybe give it to the next pastor the next time around or something like that. It's kind of odd, isn't it? Yes, it is, because uh, uh, I know that uh, if, when I pass, that uh, they will present a chalice uh, uh, each uh, fourth degree night uh, as a chalice uh, signed to them. Of course, it's not purchased until you pass away, but then uh, uh, it uh, either goes to our parish or to some other parish. It doesn't have to be uh, in the local area or a local mm-hmm. parish. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if there were another priest who would gratefully accept the gift of that chalice and certainly be willing to pray for the repose of this gentleman's soul. So that's another option. Oh, You know, there are priests in Africa... I, I follow a few of them on Twitter. I don't know if you're if you yourself are on Twitter, Jack, but I am, and I follow a couple of priests in Africa, and the amazing things that we would just it, unthinkable here in the United States, like driving through, you know, huge rainstorms with flooding, and the church has a a foot of water on the floor because of a monsoon, and everybody's in there at mass. And they're in a very crudely constructed chapel because that's all they've got, but they're singing and they're praying and praising Jesus, and they're standing up to their ankles in floodwaters, but they went to Mass anyway. I can't help but thinking about some of those priests who would be so delighted, <laughs> and, and their parishioners would be so thrilled and honored to have a, a wonderful chalice like this. So that's another thought that comes to mind. Maybe you can investigate some of the foreign missions and um, try to safely ship the chalice to a priest like that. And there are plenty of priests who are living in in parishes in this country that could greatly use something like that, too. So I guess there are a few other options. Okay, well, that, that will uh, settle our discussions. I'll bring it up at our next meeting, and uh, I appreciate the advice. Oh, you're welcome, Jack. I'm a an inactive third-degree night, and um, so give my kind regards to everybody in your council, please. Okay, thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Let's see, we can, hmm, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break and then come right back to the phones? 888-914-9149. That number is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Check them out. 
888-914-9149. And yes, the emails are coming in. You can send me one if you want, patrick at relevantradio.com. Be right back. Hi, Patrick Madrid here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. In today's crazy world, finding companies that align with your Catholic values is a challenge. Your choice of cell phone provider matters. Cyrus and I switched to Charity Mobile, and you should too. Enjoy excellent coverage on America's most reliable network while supporting a pro-life, pro-family company. Use offer code PATRICK for a free phone. Don't miss out. Act now at CharityMobile.com. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Patrick a call. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. I received an email from David a while back, and uh, this is going back a couple months ago. David's listening in San Luis Obispo, and he said... um, it was a fairly lengthy email, so I can't read it to you. It's just too long. But he's advising me to read a book called Conversations with God by, what's his name? Neil Walsh. Neil, Neil Donald Walsh, W-A-L-C-H. And he says, this is a dangerous book. You should be informed, et cetera, et cetera. I thought, okay, well, I got a million and one books I need to find out more about because people have asked about them. So I bought a cheapo, you know, used copy on Amazon. And he's right, Donald, you're right. David, excuse me, you're right. This is just a really terrible book. I only got maybe 20 pages into it and I just put it down because there was no use in trying to go any further. So I'll just give you a quick overview and I can see why you're concerned about the book because it will definitely lead people astray if they're not careful. So it begins in, in chapter one, in the, in the spring of 1992, it was around Easter, as I recall, an extraordinary phenomenon occurred in my life. God began talking with you through me. Um, and he, it's just page after page of nonsense, page after page of, quite frankly, like lies from the devil. And it's all in the, in the voice of God. To my surprise, he writes, as I scribbled out the last of my bitter, unanswerable questions and prepared to toss my pen aside, my hand remained poised over the paper, as if held there by some invisible force. Abruptly, the pen start began moving on its own. I had no idea what I was about to write, but an idea seemed to be coming, so I decided to flow with it. Out came, do you really want an answer to all these questions, or are you just venting? That's supposed to be God. By the way, automatic handwriting... That's of the occult. I don't know what came over me, some people say, but all of a sudden, my hand just started moving. Does that remind you a little bit of the Ouija board? Where your hands are just sort of moving this planchette around to spell out different things? That's not a good entity. That is from the evil one. That's demonic. And he begins the book by saying this is how it happened. 
So he says, before I knew it, I had begun a conversation, and I was not writing so much as taking dictation. The dictation went on for three years, he says. And this book appears to be the result of this dictation. I'm pretty confident who is behind that dictation, who is moving his hand. Intrigued, he says on page three, I asked God to expand on this subject. Here's what God said. And, And this is God's words. First, let's exchange the word talk with the word communicate. It's a much better word, a much fuller, more accurate one. When we try to speak to each other, me to you, you to me, we are immediately constricted by the unbelievable limitation of words. For this reason, I do not communicate by words alone. In fact, rarely do I do so. The most common form of communication is through feeling. Feeling is the language of the soul. If you want to know what's true for you about something, look to how you're feeling about it. Feelings, God allegedly says, are sometimes difficult to discover and often even more difficult to acknowledge, yet hidden in your deepest feelings is your highest truth. Oh, Same page. God is speaking here. Words are really the least effective communicator. They are most open to misinterpretation, most often misunderstood. And why is that, God says? Because of what words are. Words are merely utterances, noises. They stand for feelings, thoughts, and experience. They are symbols, signs, insignias. They are not truth. They are not the real thing. So when the Bible talks about Jesus as the Word of God, it's using the term in a somewhat different sense here, We talk about the Bible as the written word of God. And so here is God allegedly saying, yeah, words, schmers, they don't really matter. That's not real. And then God says, now the supreme irony here is that you have all placed so much importance on the word of God and so little on the experience, denigrating the Holy Bible. Page six, uh, the author says, how can I know this communication is from God? How do I know this is not my own imagination? And God responds to him. Of course, it's automatic dictation. His hand is moving because some entity is moving it. And God says, what would be the difference? Do you not see that I could just as easily work through your imagination as anything else? I'll bring you the exact right thoughts, words, or feelings at any given moment. Blah, 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 blah. Page 7. You are receiving my messages directly. It is far safer, even others who have lived 2,000 years ago, than to seek to interpret the message you may very well be receiving in this moment now. I invite you to a new form of communication with God himself, two-way communication. In truth, it is you who have invited me, for I have come to you in this form right now in answer to your call. And so the author says, why do some people take Christ, for example, seem to hear more of your communication than others? And God says, because some people are willing to actually listen. I mean, that's not in itself wrong, but he uses Jesus Christ, who is God himself, as an example, and the answer is, you might say, very pedestrian. Uh, We should listen to God even when what's being said seems wrong, the author of the book asks God. Should we listen to God even when what's being said seems wrong? And here's God's answer, especially when it seems wrong. The only way to move forward is to ask yourself, what would happen if everything I thought was wrong was actually right? You know, don't shack up with your girlfriend 
and you fill in the blank for any other thing that you might think is wrong because the words in the Bible said that they're wrong, for example. But what if God is saying, what if everything that you thought was wrong was actually right? And I, I'll spare you more. I'm, this is, I, I'm only up to page 8. I got to page 20 and I couldn't take it anymore. Um, you, and God is speaking here saying, you cannot know God until you stop telling yourself that you already know God. You cannot hear God until you stop thinking that you've already heard God. <laughs> but my truth about God comes from you, God says. Leaders, ministers, rabbis, priests, books, the Bible, for heaven's sake, the, question, the, the author writes, God's answer, those are not authoritative sources. They aren't? No. Then what is? And the answer is, listen to your feelings. So this is the sound of me flinging this book across the room. It just hit the wall. It's a, it's a terrible book. If you have it, get rid of it. It's just nonstop lies, nonstop error. It's amazing to me that it would be such a bestseller. But then again, maybe it's not so amazing because it's saying to people what they want to hear. You know, everything you think is wrong is actually right, so go for it, that kind of thing. I think I, I've finished my mission here. And David, thank you for bringing it to my attention, and now it's off my radar screen. Thank you. Let's go to Alex in San Diego. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Alex. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Oh, hi, good morning. Uh, good morning. Patrick, I have a question about, um, yeah, I have a question about uh, marriage and annulment. Sure. So um, I, I was married twice. Uh, the first marriage was here in the U.S., mm-hmm. and the second marriage was in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And uh, both marriage ended up in divorce and I just got an approval for annulment for both just recently, okay. but that was both of them were annulled here in in the U.S. So my uh, my question is, I'm planning to remarry my my first wife okay. in a Catholic church. We're both I'm Catholic. Happy to hear that. Thank you so much. Um, I've been longing for this thing, you know. Um, anyway, so in the Philippines, there is no divorce. Um, so is my second marriage going to be an issue if I marry my my first wife again here in the U.S.? It doesn't sound like you'd have a problem for this reason. Now, a few quick questions, Alex. You're obviously Catholic, yeah. right? Was the first wife Catholic as well? Yes, but we were married in a uh, in a in a civil, like by the office of the mayor. Right. So it wasn't. It wasn't the way the church requires it for you to get married. So, yes. So I'm guessing, without knowing, you know, the details that in the church's response to your to the first marriage question, that it decreed that the marriage was null for lack of canonical form, right? Yeah, both both of them have the same reason for lack of canonical form because my uh, my. First marriage, we were also married outside a Catholic church, although we were both Catholic. Got it. Okay, so I guess that's all I really need to ask you about. Um, so the church has made her decision. You have these decrees of nullity, meaning that neither marriage was valid for lack of canonical form. So you're going back to your first wife, and you're going, I'm assuming, you're going to get married in the church now, right? Exactly, yes. Okay. 
So that second marriage is of no importance in terms of this marriage. It doesn't pose any any obstacle. And the reason, of course, is because the church has already declared that second marriage to be null. So it's not something that you're bound by as a result. So just for that reason okay. alone, it's not an obstacle to you. Oh, that's great. That's now the lady, now the, the first wife, did she get remarried after you were divorced? And now that's why I came back uh, to her because she's all this year, she's been waiting for me. God bless her. Wow. I hope you're, I hope you've, <laughs> I mean, I don't know the circumstances of what happened, but don't make the same mistake again, Alex. Uh, not anymore. I bet you won't. Because, well, that's uh, great. Yeah. But... So I'm not a canon lawyer. I don't pretend to be, but I read the literature and I try to keep informed. And if you really want to double check what I'm telling you, just check in with your diocesan marriage tribunal. But I'm confident they're going to say, yeah, you don't have anything to worry about with that second marriage. Yeah, they they actually uh, put in the letter. I, I received a letter from, from the tribunal. They said that uh, we are both uh, okay, uh, approved to marry in a Catholic church. Perfect. But I wasn't so sure about my you know, my second marriage, because that was in the Philippines, and then in the Philippines, they don't have divorce. But I live in the U.S., you know. I, I understand. I don't go to the Philippines anymore. Well, I'm glad that you're on the right road again, Alex. That's great. And I'm sure your your wife is overjoyed that things have come back to the where they once were. And may God grant you many happy years together, Alex, I pray. Thank you. Wow. Let's go to Cody now in Albuquerque. Hi, Cody. Hello, Patrick. Um so I'm, I ran into a situation last night on the bus. It's fitting that you've been talking about feelings today, but I ran into a situation where I had to defend my faith with the person that had me absolutely fuming, and I think I could have handled it better, so I'm hoping you can coach me on it. Okay. So what happened? I was on my way home from Ash Wednesday Mass, mass and I'm, I'm blind. I don't drive, but I have a bus that takes me to my house. So right. there was a lady on the bus that was talking politics with the driver, and obviously – very conservative as I am, I'm, you know, but, and then she gets to the point where she's talking about religion and then she goes, I don't know if you, either of you practice the Catholic religion. She says, but my brother committed suicide because he was a priest and they don't allow Catholics to marry. And if they marry, they're going to have, you know, if, if priests can't marry, there wouldn't be boy rapes and all this kind of stuff. Mm. So I told her, Matt, I, I was practically fuming at that point because I'm in defense of the priest. I said, madam, you cannot blame that on priestly celibacy. She says, well, he's a man, though, and he has urgencies and, you know, like everybody else. And I said, well, then he should pray for celibacy, the, the strength to be celibate and this sort of thing. I, I was absolutely raging at that point. Mm -hmm. And I guess next time this happens, first of all, how do I respond to that? Secondly, how can I do that without raging practically? Yeah, and it, it does tie in so with ridiculous. the— Remember that little boy, Ruben, who called in earlier? He said, how do I, how do I control my emotions? I don't yes. know if you heard that call. So I would give you the same advice. Just sometimes your emotions are necessary to stir you to action. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about how anger, for example, which is a passion that can come upon us suddenly, that anger is often sinful. And maybe it's more often than not sinful, but it's not always sinful because without righteous anger, we wouldn't be stirred to action. We wouldn't be stirred to defend someone who needs defending or to correct some serious problem that's harming people, etc. So don't 
I, I don't think I would worry too much that it made you angry because there's a good reason that you were angry because it's just a dumb argument. And it's, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's insulting the Catholic Church per se, but if that person is laboring under the misconception that if only we would let priests get married, this problem with sexual abuse of boys and sodomy problems and other issues like that, that would all go away. It's, it's ludicrous on the face of it. But my advice to you would be don't let that make you angry uh, or at least don't let, it, don't let it rob you of your equanimity. Otherwise, you're, you're sort of being tossed to and fro by what other people say and do and think, and, and that's not good. You need to be grounded in the truth, and you can pity people, or you can argue with them, or you can try to reason with them, but in the long run, their confusion shouldn't upset your equilibrium, is my point. So just try to push off those feelings and just say, well, Lord, she's your problem, not mine. So as for the argument itself, I would say, number one, it's ludicrous to imagine that if a man has the proclivities towards sodomy, that he would somehow make a good husband. He would not make a good husband. He has a pathology. He has a, he's, he, his inclination is disordered. If you want to think of a, we don't have them too much anymore, but like a, a satellite dish that points up at the satellite where you get your TV channels from. If it's right on target, if it's pointing right at the satellite in its geosynchronous orbit, you have a clear picture. If the if the dish gets jarred or bumped or moved or and it's it's aiming somewhat away from the satellite, you'll have a fuzzy picture. The further away it's aiming at the satellite, the further off from the satellite it's aiming, the more fuzzy the picture becomes to the point where you don't get any picture. It's just aiming out into space. So that analogy might be helpful in thinking about a disordered inclination. So if one is disordered in his or her inclination uh, when it comes to procreation and uh, the relationship between men and women, etc., it's going to create all kinds of problems. And we see all the time in the news, school teachers, bus drivers, karate instructors, rabbis, uh, you know, you, you name it, just about every profession is in the news at one point or another for men who are doing terrible things sexually with other people, they would not make good husbands, and some of them are husbands. That's why they often get divorced. So to me, that's the simplest, most basic, true answer, and that is to say, okay, Reverend Fathers, as of, as of noon today, you're all allowed to get married. Um. First of all, priests cannot get married because the sacrament of holy orders is an impediment to the sacrament of marriage. So the, I think some people imagine that if if a pope were to wave wave his hand and say, okay, you can all get married now, they couldn't get married because they're already ordained. What could happen theoretically, I hope it never does, would be that married men could be considered eligible for the sacrament of holy orders. And that's true in the Eastern churches. That's in some of them anyway, and it's true in the Eastern Orthodox churches. But that's not the solution to the problem. And as I say, if a man has these pathologies and is disordered in his inclinations, he would make a terrible father, a terrible husband. And it wouldn't be fair to the women and or the children who might arise from such a marriage. So 
I'm looking at the clock, Cody. I've got to take a break, but that's that's probably about what I would say if I were on that bus. And um, you know, if if that should happen again, test drive that, see what happens. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate it. We'll be right back with more of the Patrick Madrid Show right after this. This hour is sponsored by Christendom College. Send your child to Christendom College's high school summer program, the best week ever. Use promo code Relevant Radio and get fifty percent off. Spots fill up very quickly, so apply today at thebestweekever.com. That's thebestweekever.com. Patrick Madrid is on Coast to Coast on Relevant Radio. She's done talking, it sounds like. (laughs) Hey, um, young Thomas, you're kind of a rapper. You are a rapper. Or is it hip-hop? What's the difference? Uh, you know, actually people get them mixed up a lot, but they're pretty similar. Hip hop and rap are generally interchanged um, when okay. you go through that. So, what's, so the, what's the question? Well, you personally, you are an artist. In fact, you have a new album out, I understand. Is that right? I do. Yeah. Actually, I just released it last week. Super excited. Um, yeah. Did you want me to mention that? or did you just Why like- not? I was, well, here's <laughs> the question. We were playing White Tornado by REM. Can you, can you bring that back up a little bit? Yeah, let me... Uh, White Tornado. Patrick there we go. Madrid is on Coast Ladies to Coast talking. on Relevant yeah. Radio. So, could you rap to this? Maybe. I don't know. We could see. I could try fast, to rap a little bit faster. If this I'd, pay for, I'd pay the money to hear you <laughs> rap into this song. I could try. I don't know. It's a, it's a very fast rap. Here, maybe I should mix something over the break. <laughs> yeah, give it a shot and let me know. I'd like to... I plug in my two quarters to, to listen to that. So, yeah, as long as we're on it, and you did not ask me to do this, and you have no clue I was going to even mention it, but so you, tell everybody about your new album. I think that's awesome. All right. So, yeah, so I, I write music, I produce music, and I just released an album last week called Raindrops on Windows. Um, my artist- Raindrops keep falling on my head. Is that one of the songs? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that as a tease for people. Try to wrap that song. That would be <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited. My artist name is T Max Bosco. So T for Thomas, okay. and then dash Max. Um, my middle name is Maximilian, and then space Bosco, and that's the confirmation name that I picked when I got confirmed. Like Saint John Bosco. Yes, John Bosco, the one. Um, Anyway, but yeah, no, I was just super excited to release it. And um, it does have some rap in it, but it also has some like slower like guitar songs. Mm. And um, it's got a huge variety. Um, mm. So it's it should be fun. And there's obviously no bad words because you don't do that kind of music. Exactly. So that's a great thing. Um, like I try to do music that obviously has no bad words because that's the issue with hip hop and rap nowadays is that there's so many artists that have just swearing left and right. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. I can't listen to this. Like it just... Yeah, it's so you. bad. Um, but yeah, it is totally clean. And, you know, they're all like heartbreak songs. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that you're shocked that I'm even asking you this because you you didn't ask me, you didn't even know that I was going to do this. But um, so it's Raindrops on Windows. Is that right? Yep, that's the album title. Um, you'll T-Max find Bosco. T-Max Bosco. The album cover is My Brother Did the Art. So it's like a blue picture of me playing guitar. Okay. Um, really cool. Uh, okay. Anyway. Well done. I haven't heard any of it yet, but well done. I'm sure it's fine. I, I'll send I'll send you some links over, maybe. Can you picture me listening to hip-hop and rap music? I can't. I mean, 
Snoop Dogg, right? <laughs> I don't listen That's to Snoop Dogg. He might listen radio. to us. Have a I don't question? know. Yeah, let's listen to this. I was going to say, ladies talking again. But, yeah. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to do the actual bit. Okay. Oh, no, we're just doing the Patrick part. He's Fair enough. Right. If not. <laughs> 80, that's right. So T Max Bosco on where where can they find it? Spotify or where? Yeah, Spotify, um, Apple Music, anywhere that you like to listen to music. YouTube has it. So anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me offer a suggestion. This is just you know for what it's worth. Try releasing music under the name Young Thomas. Oh, I wonder if you'll get some traction that way. <laughs> you never know. That's a good idea. Well, thanks Young for Thomas. letting me come on, Patrick. Appreciate yeah. it. 888-914-9149. Let's go to George now in Chicago. Hi, George. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yes, I um, I was listening, um, as I normally do in the mornings, to your show, and you brought up a subject that uh, I happen to know a little bit about through personal experience. And okay. You were talking about a book written by an author that I've met and spent um, some time with and um, just wanted to to uh, thank you for pointing out some of the concerns you had about the book and just the, the you know, I, I just wanted to ve- basically verify that your instincts are very good on the book. And okay. I've been thank concerned you. about it for many years and, and um, spoken with a number of people, you know, face to face about it and uh, based on what I know. And I just want to thank you for, for pointing those things out to your listeners and say um, that I think uh, you're spot on with your concerns and, and um, overall review of the book. Well, thank you. And, and I, I do appreciate that. It was the review of the first 20 pages of the book. And I think on air, I only got through eight pages before I had to give up. But I got through 20 pages of it with my highlighter pen. And it just literally every single page, at least one egregious error sometimes two or three on a single page it was pretty amazing so i'm I'm glad you i think i think you'd be amazed to hear some of the detail behind um, the knowledge that i have about the author and and again firsthand conversation you know directly Mm. with the person i don't know um, anything about him is he still alive because the book came out like in the early 90s or something yes he's an elderly man and i met him about the time that the um book was being released and um that's why it's so clear in my mind and i was just floored when you brought it up because i haven't heard anybody bring up the book for so many years and mm-hmm. it um it really caught my attention and i just felt compelled to call in to verify uh, what you were saying is um in my opinion accurate well thank you I, I appreciate that and i certainly once i read it i could see why the person who wrote me the email in the first place was concerned about it because if somebody picks that book up and just starts reading it and and is gullible enough to think that this is actually God speaking, come on. Um, it's it's just one error or lie after another. And some of them are so clumsy and obvious that it's amazing to me, you know, that a book like that would get traction among Christians who should know better. But well, yes, anyway, in, in it. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate you, you know, uh, bringing me on and speaking with me a little bit about it, a little further about it. But um, I, again, I just want to thank you and, and say um, 
um, keep up the work that you're doing. And um, I and many other people, probably more than you even know, appreciate what you're doing. And thank no, you for it. I appreciate it. that. I do appreciate that, George. And you're very kind. And thank you for that. I'm thinking as we're talking, George, I don't know if you still have a way to be in contact with this gentleman, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that somebody in his life is evangelizing him so that he doesn't die in these delusions that he wrote about, but that he'll come mm-hmm. to repentance and and faith in the I, real God, not the God of his imagination. I, there is a remote possibility that I may be able to help in that matter, and and, I'm, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I I, I think it it um, it warrants a, a a call on my part to to someone that may be able to get through to him. Um, but I good. will uh, I will certainly give that a try. Yeah, and I don't mean to be cantankerous or insulting or anything like that, but you know he made it public by writing the book and purporting that this was from God. So it's only fair that it it should be critiqued on that basis. So I have nothing against him. I don't know anything about him. I'm glad to know that you at least have some possible way to to bring the love of Jesus to him. Because if he's elderly, he doesn't have a lot of time left, presumably. So we can pray. Thank you, George. I appreciate that. Uh, let's go now to John in Claremont, California. Good morning, John. Oh, hi, Patrick. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I had a question. Um, yeah, after my year journey of uh, my spiritual growth, and I found that uh, I definitely want to join the Catholic Church. Mm. And uh, what do you what do you look for uh, in a church? Do you stay local, or uh, what? What's the best uh, fit like for for me? Well, I mean, it takes different forms, I suppose. So you're talking about going to a parish, right? Finding a good parish near you? Yes. Yeah. Well, you are, see, if you're in Claremont, I think you're right on the border of the Diocese of San Bernardino. And um, there will be a list of parishes in, or on rather, the diocesan website. So if you jump on there, you'll be able to see all the different parishes near you. Um, there is a parish not far from you. It, it actually is right next to, practically right on the runway of the uh, Ontario airport, which is not far from where you are in Claremont. So that's one place that has a long history of being a, a fine parish. It's a small building, looks kind of like how the missions were built back in the day. And uh, for many years, they had a wonderful pastor. And I don't know anything about the pastor now, so I'm not making a comment about whoever the pastor may be now. But I did know the former pastor, Father Lewis Marks, who to me seemed like St. John Vianney. He was a very holy priest, very virtuous, wonderful preacher, very attentive to the spiritual welfare of his people. And so he did lots of great work at its uh, San Secondo uh, de Guasti. And it is right next to, and I mean literally right next to the Ontario airport. So if you just shoot down the 10 freeway, get off it, I think it's Vineyard if I'm not mistaken, and uh, you'll find it just, it's kind of behind a business park, and you'll see the business park buildings. It's on the north side of the airport, south of the 10 freeway, north of the airport runways, and uh, you'll find it there. That, That could be a good place to start. You know? Yeah, I'll just look into it. The only uh, challenge I have, uh, my wife, I mean, she believes in God, uh, but she's definitely like, not, like, don't, does not want to convert at all. And I try to have conversations with her, but it's kind of like, it gets like a touchy subject where, you know, I feel like I'm kind of, I don't want to force her either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's it's really challenging. But uh, I just kind of tell her that uh, if you could just leave, uh, support me, I'm not gonna you know, ask you. That's all I want to ask you for, you know, because I'm not gonna be able to go by myself because I I do work a lot, and mm-hmm. that's like pretty much the only day I have Sunday is to uh, kind of you know spend time with her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think I mispronounced the the name of the church. By the way, John, it's uh, San Secondo di Asti, A S T I. Um, but as far as your wife is concerned, was she raised in the faith at all, or was she not raised in any faith? Um, not really anything. Um, okay. Not all. So she but, was never uh, baptized. Yeah, she no, she's more like a, I like, kind of like the Protestant, like uh, you know, belief of you know, like I don't really do anything. All I just believe in God. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I was raised actually a Mormon when I was eight, and mm-hmm. then my parents divorced, and but I always had that like earning to get closer to God, to believe in God. You know, through all my trials and errors, I always felt that you know like calling and and I, I, I we did attend maybe like once or twice a Protestant church and uh, I just always felt there's more to it you know and and finally I just actually finally reading scriptures myself I kind of found you know I, I really found true to the Catholic Church and, and I, I earned to like grow more spiritually and uh, yeah so the only thing I could do for now is just pray for her you know every day and I mean I, I should do the, I should pray the rosary too so um, yeah. Keep listening yeah. to Relevant Radio. That'll be a big part of it. If you can coax her into listening to Relevant Radio, maybe coax her into listening to this show. And we have so many wonderful shows on Relevant Radio 24 7. So there's a lot there to choose from. But maybe encourage her to put the Relevant Radio app on her phone. Although you don't need it because you have 93KHJ blasting yeah. throughout SoCal. But, but even, you know, if she has the app on her phone, maybe she can dip in here and there and listen, and that might help her. Um, if she's willing to go to Mass with you. And if she's not at first, okay, honey, the time will come, hopefully, when you'll want to go. Slow and steady as yeah. she goes would be my advice. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep focusing on what's important. And and gradually, prayerfully, gently, I have a feeling in due time she'll probably follow you. Things tend to happen that way, John. Thank you, and welcome home. That's awesome. I'll be right back. <laughs> 